This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Good evening, and thanks for being with me tonight as we venture down that path of the secret society known as sex. You know, the one where everyone's doing it and no one is talking about it except, of course, yours truly every Sunday night on the Sunday Night Sex Show here on Newstalk 980 CKNW, the show where we educate everyone about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making your relationships the best they can be. This show, as you know, is more than a sex show, but I just try and seduce you to listen to information about health, love, relationships, and your body. Good evening. I am Maureen McGrath, a registered nurse in the field of sexual health, author of the book Sex and Health, Why One Can't Come Without the Other, a researcher, blogger at Fifty Shades of Pink, clinician, TED speaker, and your resource to help start that conversation, answer your questions, and help you discover new and exciting things about sex and health. I make no innuendos, no judgments, and certainly no apologies, just fearless, straight-up talk about sex, love, health, relationships, and everything it has to do with. And believe me, sex has everything to do with everything. Let's hope for you it will be illuminating, educational, get you thinking outside of the box, and have a little bit of fun. So please stay with me. Put the children to bed as listener discretion is advised. And I would appreciate that. I would also like to mention there is an aspect of sexual health that is dark and dreadful, and that is sexual abuse, any unwanted sexual advances, pedophilia, and rape. For those of you who've been sexually abused, you are never far from my heart, and I wish you all the best on your healing journey. Well, it's so lovely to be here with you. It's always my pleasure hosting this program for you. We have uh, lots coming up on the program tonight. Can we be talking uh, about something? Uh, we left off on something last time, and uh, so this time we're going to be talking about your sexual debut. When did it happen for you? And is there something unusual unusual about people who wait a long time, a very long time, to make their sexual debut? And how about your relationship with your partner? I talk a lot about body image on this program. And um, body image is important. It's important as to how you feel about yourself, your sexual self-esteem. Is your partner making you gain weight? You'd be surprised how uh, often that happens. And we're going to be touching upon orgasms and not just uh, those singular ones, but some of the blended ones. Have you heard about those? And what about treatment for cancer? What role does the naturopath play in that? I had a very sad story in my clinical practice recently about a patient who had uh, been diagnosed with throat cancer uh, as a result of the human papilloma virus, which is not too uncommon these days. It used to be that people who smoked cigarettes and drank alcohol were at, uh, were the only ones at risk for head and neck and throat cancers, but that's not the case anymore. The human papillomavirus accounts for many of those uh, cancers that we see in patients between the ages of 50 and 75 most commonly. So what promises are naturopaths making, especially in cancer treatment? And is there a role for them? Can it be a parallel role? Should you ignore the advice of your doctor who has treated a number of patients based on clinical evidence and research? Um, that is up to you. But uh, it'll be interesting to hear this uh, story I'm going to be sharing with you about this woman's plight and her confusion and, uh, you know, who do you believe these days uh, when we have so many people coming into health care 
uh, oftentimes without any uh, any credentials, without any education. They're making up names and titles of of uh, positions that they hold. Or uh, I heard somebody call themselves a vagina coach recently. And, um, you know, what is a vagina coach? Really? Do people even know where the vagina is? Uh, so people can make up whatever they want. Uh, they can be your resource for something when perhaps they've, I, I know uh, somebody, one woman who has gone through menopause and therefore has set up a big menopause website and, uh, you know, gives information that is not necessarily appropriate or evidence informed. And it's like Suzanne Summers, um, you know, a sitcom star from the seventies is giving women information about menopause. And, and seriously, we have to think about that. You know, you're always best to speak to your healthcare provider, get a second opinion from another healthcare provider if you choose to do that. But by no means listen to a website whose exclusive goal is to make money um, and capitalize on your uh, pain and your problems and your medical conditions. Um, also going to be talking about some of the advice uh, that I give to couples quite commonly. And, and these are based on your emails, which I'll be reading uh, lots of those. And I love the emails that you send to me. You can always go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca and fill out the contact form and email me there. I try and respond to everybody I'm getting more and more emails lately, of course, because in part because of the TEDx talk that I did on the no sex marriage, um, which has had close to 5 million views in about 11 months. And there's lots of comments on there. A lot of people in pain, a lot of people suffering, a lot of people ashamed and not knowing what to do. And you'll see that underscored in the emails that you send to me. And I'll be reading some of those throughout the program. Also, there's three lifestyle changes, according to research, that could keep dementia away for you. Well, I maintain that these same three lifestyle changes can help your sex life. So what are those three lifestyle changes? Well, I'm going to be reviewing those with you as well. So there's lots of information tonight coming up on the program. Uh, you can always email me. As I said, go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca. There's there's no question that uh I feel isn't important to answer. A lot of people will ask me, you know, is this normal? Well, there's really no normal. I mean, what is normal for you may not be normal for somebody else. And, you know, if we approach life and we approach these issues with a non-judgmental attitude and with uh, the under the guise of helping people, helping people to live a better quality of life, which is my passion in life, I've always felt that with more information and better information, people are poised to make empowered decisions based on their comfort level. Um, so one thing, uh, one question I commonly get, and I'm just going to read you a quick email right now from a woman. Um, uh, and I think this is a common issue out there for many women, and she's heard me talk about a particular treatment. Dear Maureen, love your show. I'm a breast cancer survivor and now have vaginal dryness due to the, due to the tamoxifen that I have to take. As a result, my vagina is burning and dry like the desert. I've heard you speak about the Mona Lisa Touch. Please tell more. Well, the Mona Lisa Touch is a new hormone-free laser treatment. So there's no hormones. It's it's laser treatment. It's an in-office procedure. Requires no anesthesia, minimal side effects, no downtime. It takes about five minutes. And there are three treatments. And often women are uh, experiencing improvement in their vaginal 
health symptoms after one treatment. So it requires three treatments over about 18 weeks. We actually offer this in my office. You'll find a number of gynecologists are offering this treatment. But um, it's, a, it's a new technological advancement uh, for women, and I'm just glad to know and to be able to offer this treatment for women because often women with breast cancer suffer some of these symptoms afterward because of the medication side effects that they take, and tamoxifen is known to cause dryness and burning and itching as well, but also this treatment would be for menopausal women, perimenopausal women, so anyone who is experiencing this dryness, which can also lead to low sexual desire. So I certainly hope you've put the the kitties to bed, um, and uh, do stay with me. We have lots coming up, and I I do love hearing from you, so by all means, email me. Go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca, or or you can email me at sextalk at cknw.com. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980. CKNW, Maureen McGrath here, hosting this program for you. It is always my pleasure to come here every Sunday night live from these studios, this gorgeous studio with an amazing view. Uh, always just uh, just wakes me up, and uh, I'm talking about my favorite subject, renovations. No, I'm kidding. Sex, of course, um, and hopefully it's at least one of your favorite subjects. I know a lot of people don't like to talk about it and have a lot of discomfort talking about it. A lot of people get frustrated about sex. They get frustrated about the uh, frequency of sex in their relationship. They also get frustrated about the type of sex in their relationship. They also get frustrated if their partner goes outside of the relationship. So there's so much frustration around sex. And I just thought I'd tell you or talk to you tonight a little bit about uh, just kind of a general overview of the patients that I see in my clinical practice and, and my mode of treatment, my method of educating patients, my method of advising patients. And it it surprises a lot of patients, but quite frankly, if you listen to me and if you are compliant, you will get better or things will definitely improve for you. But most of the patients that come in to see me or the clients that come in to see me and that are frustrated about their relationship or their sex life want to blame the person that they are in the relationship with. So they come in saying, you know, my husband doesn't want to have sex with me or my wife doesn't want to have sex with me or, you know, we we used to have it a lot more or I suspect that uh, my husband is cheating or I suspect my wife is cheating. That's not that common because most guys don't actually think that their wives would actually go outside of the relationship, but uh, newsflash, they do. Uh, so, but the biggest, uh, the biggest thing, the most common denominator is this blame the spouse. So especially with guys, they come in and they will say, my wife doesn't like sex. My wife is tired all the time. My wife feels that sex is a chore. My wife thinks it's a punishment. Um, you know, why can't she just have sex with me whenever I want to have sex. Well, first of all, sex waxes and wanes, and the intimacy does the same. And so it's not always going to be fabulous. Sometimes good enough is good enough. But you know what? Sometimes you're not good enough. And when I switch the tables a little bit, when I turn the tables on these patients and I say, when you're in my office, there's one rule. You cannot blame the spouse. You cannot blame the spouse for not wanting to have sex with you. And they're just like, well, she doesn't want to have sex with me. Why wouldn't I blame her? But I just take another tack and I say, why don't you take a look at yourself? Why don't you ask yourself the question, why doesn't my wife want to have sex with me? And often they will have said, 
Um, why doesn't she want to have sex with me? Why can't she just accept me for who I am? Why can't she just accept? And I'll say, why do you think your wife doesn't want to have sex with you? Or why do you think your husband doesn't want to have sex with you? And, you know, insight is one of the best things you can have in terms of treatment, in terms of being your best self, becoming self-actualized, reaching your potential. So if you know yourself, if you know, you can be a bit of a control freak, maybe you're financially controlling, maybe you're a nag about the housework, maybe you have gained a lot of weight, maybe you've got that big paunch and you come home after work and you sit on the couch and drink a couple of beers, pick up the click, clicker and never exercise. You know, that's a big turnoff. And guys especially don't understand that. They are like, why can't she just love me for who I am, all of me? Why can't she love all of me? Well, looking at at you, <laughs> and I'm looking at these patients, but looking at the patients, I I think, you know, there are ways to improve. And so I it's also a health benefit. Get back to yourself is my recommendation, which, you know, works, I will tell you. But first, I have a couple of questions for you. So if you have a fight with your partner, your spouse, you know, do you have a hard time moving on? How were you raised? You know, often the way we're raised is uh, in a family, like sometimes patients will tell me that their family was chaotic, and they would all scream at each other. And then the next morning, they would get up and be like, hey, good morning, you know, you want to go out and play basketball? Well, that doesn't work for every uh, person, you know, people maybe had good conflict resolution skills, maybe were taught good conflict resolution skills. And so they're just like shaking their head thinking, I am never going to speak to you again after you've screamed at somebody all night long. So are you the type that needs to distance for a while? You know, what message does that send to your partner? So you need to actually, uh, you know, you need to know the type of person that you are and the type of person that you are bringing to that relationship. Do you withdraw affection? You know, are you manipulative? There are certain behaviors that are manipulative, like, oh, you're never going to have sex with me again. If you ask, like, act like a 12-year-old, you're going to get treated like a 12-year-old. So it's it's also important uh, that if you started using any substances at a particular age and you have a problem with that today, if you're somebody who uses substances to treat your anxiety or if you have a problem and you think, I'm just going to calm down, you've had a rough day at work, you come home and you're going to drink, you're going to numb your feelings, or you're going to smoke pot, that's going to be a problem in your relationship. And you're not going to get as much sex as possible. So I have all these patients coming in, they have all these bad habits, they are, they have anger problems, they have anxiety, they have depression, they're manipulative, they drink excessive alcohol, they're completely out of shape, they don't work out. And you know, that's depressing to live with somebody like that and to look at them and just think, you know, why don't you embrace the day? Why don't you get out there and engage in life? You exercise, go to the gym, hit the tennis court, hit the mountain biking, whatever it takes. There, certainly there's something that you enjoy that is physical activity that will help you um, to have more self-confidence because self-confidence is the sexiest thing you can possibly have. And that is what makes somebody attracted to you. It's not a given that after 20 years and you not exercising and gaining weight and looking slovenly and, and not really taking care of your appearance. So just, just deciding that you're going to shop at, well, I'm not going to name any stores, but certain ones that I wouldn't go to or wouldn't send a guy off to. But sometimes if you think you can just pick stuff up anywhere that it doesn't matter, you know, taking care of yourself. It mattered at the beginning of your relationship. It's got to matter throughout your entire relationship. So this is important, how you look after yourself, how you take care of yourself, what it is you bring to the relationship. Are you able to talk calmly? If there's a conflict in the relationship, can you, you know, take a moment, 
take a few deep breaths, count to 10 before you react as opposed to respond. These are a number of reasons that your partner does not want to have sex with you. Is it that you control your partner with sex? A lot of women do that. Sex is the power in the relationship. And it depends on who wields the power, much like money. Money is also demonstrative of the power in the relationship. So it's, you know, it, it can't be that person that is always begging. You can't be that person that's always begging for sex. That's always the one like, oh, please, will you have sex with me? And then the other person is just like, well, okay, you know, and then you're complaining that it's not that great. You want to make somebody want you. And that means taking care of yourself, being easy, reconciled, older than a 12-year-old, get going through your problems, processing the feelings, growing up, dealing with things. If you have problems in the relationship, deal with them together calmly. Ensure that you're getting an adequate amount of sleep. If you're not, get the help to get the sleep uh, that you need. There are sleep centers all over uh, where you can get at adequate help. And, and often good sleep hygiene is just taking the TV out of the bedroom, turning the lights out, going to the same, going to bed the same time every night, getting up at the same time every night. I, I mean, every morning and um, also no alcohol before going to bed, you know, certain times to exercise. So you don't want to get all revved up. You don't want to deal with problems late at night either. It's always best to deal with issues in the morning. You need sleep in order to deal with your problems the next day. Many people stay up at night thinking about their problems, worrying about it. What are they going to do? They're going through their list. They're going through this bucket list and they don't get any sleep and that can impact their mood and impact the way that they face the day. The next day, it can impact their productivity, and actually their relationship and make things so much more difficult. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Thank you for staying here with me this evening. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. It's lovely to have you. It's certainly my pleasure to be here and hopefully yours as well. This show is about sex and health, and this next segment will underscore that. Um... Some people will, uh, I, I often say, you know, what I, what I do is, um, it's about talk, I talk about sex, but it's always related to health. And so people are always trying to quiz me, well, how's this related to health? And how's that? And somebody tried to trick me and say, uh, well, how's commercial leasing related to sex? <laughs> Like, are you kidding? Guy comes home. He's made a great deal. He works in commercial leasing. He's happy as Larry. <laughs> the check comes in. Boom. Ba-ba-ba-boom. Anyway, everything is related to sex, let me tell you. Uh, and as is starving off dementia. Uh, and keeping your brain healthy is so important, not only for sex, but in keeping that dementia at bay. And believe me, you do not want dementia. Dementia is a ter is a terrible illness. Uh, it's otherwise known as short-term memory loss, Alzheimer's disease. There are so many different types and different. Uh, it's a it's a continuum, so it's a progressive disease, and it's it's not something you want. And believe me, if you have ever known a dementia patient or a patient with Alzheimer's, short-term memory loss, you don't want that, and you would want to do anything in your power to reduce your risk of getting dementia. So there are three things, according to a new research study, that uh, could help you stave off dementia. And these, it's not rocket science, let me tell you. And I talk about it all the time. And uh, I often talk about blood pressure. 
as well because that is related to erectile dysfunction and erectile dysfunction is the canary in the coal mine. So you want to keep your brain sharp. So I, I think not only will these three recommendations help you to stave off dementia, they will also help you to have a better sex life. And isn't that what life, or at least this show, is all about, having that better sex life? So you want to definitely keep your brain sharp with cognitive training or mindfulness cognitive behavioral therapy. We use that in sex sex therapy also, uh, especially for women who have low sexual desire. We also we all often teach them utilize a mindfulness cognitive behavioral therapy. Be in the moment. There's nothing better about life than being in the moment. If you are living in the past, you are living in depression. If you are living in the future, you are living in anxiety. So live in the moment. Appreciate the love in your life. Appreciate your partner. Appreciate the intimacy, the intimate moments. And also um, keep your blood pressure, um, number two. So number one is that cognitive training. Um, Be mindful. Be in the moment. Be with your partner. Don't be painting your ceiling or thinking of what colors to paint your ceiling while you're making love to your partner You uh, or making your shopping list. I mean, believe me, there's a thousand things we could all do, but you want to be in that moment. So that's the first thing. And the second thing, the second recommendation is to maintain your blood pressure, a low blood pressure, that is. So you want to manage that blood pressure. I cannot tell you how many patients I say to them. Fortunately, I have a blood pressure cuff in my office, but I'll say, you know, what's your blood pressure? Oh, it's good. Especially the Skype patients. Oh, it's good. Well, what what are the numbers? And they're like, numbers? They have no idea. Or they'll say, oh, I think it's like 180 on 60, which my doctor said was fine. Um, they have absolutely no idea what their blood pressure is. This is a number you need to know. These are the numbers I suggest that you know. Your blood pressure, your abdominal girth, your height, and your weight. Those are very important numbers. Everybody's running around checking their heart rate. Not as important as your blood pressure, especially in your middle years, between the ages of 35 and 65. Because if you have hypertension, you're at much greater risk. And the longer you have it, the higher your risk. So blood pr- hypertension or high blood pressure is a contributing factor to stroke and heart disease. And so if you keep your blood pressure low, if you manage it and you know your number, you can go into a drugstore and you can, there's a lot of drugstores. I know PharmaSave has blood pressure machines in there that you can just sit down and wait five minutes. So make sure that you're, you're resting and take your blood pressure. Take it three times in a row and, and do the average. Um, you want to be under 130 you know, you want to be like 120 over 80. Okay. I'm giving you the numbers. So you want to keep that because the blood flows better that way. It'll also flow to your member better when you don't have hypertension. And so that's really helpful as well. Uh, so know your number. Don't be afraid of it. If you have hypertension, you need treatment. You need to get your blood pressure down. And that is through diet and exercise and then medication if needed. Do not go straight to the medication first because antihypertensives have side effects. So you want to actually, just another reason, more evidence to live as healthy a life as possible. There is such an increasing and increasingly powerful relationship between stroke and dementia. And they need to be studied together because they're often one and the same. It's it's about blood flow. Everything is about blood flow in terms of the sex thing, okay? And uh, and blood pressure is related to that. So I maintain that stroke, dementia, and sex 
all need to be studied together. Stroke uh, causes your brain cells to die, and this can precipitate dementia or worsen a pre-existing dementia, okay? There are a number of different causes of dementia, and one of them is stroke. So make sure that your blood pressure is fine. And what happens in a stroke is the blood stops flowing to parts of the brain, and that's why the cells die. And, you know, if you have a stroke, you, you may end up with um, weakness on, on one side, difficulty swallowing, difficulty talking, and you're certainly not going to be able to work. And a lot of guys will, they don't even know their blood pressure. And But if they take it, they might say, oh, I have blood, high blood pressure. You know, I hear them in their 50s and 60s saying that they have it. And I implore you to get treatment for your high blood pressure. Speak to your doctor about it. There is something called white coat syndrome. So be aware, you might go and see your doctor and your blood pressure is up because you're nervous. So that's why the most accurate blood pressure is the machine you can purchase at the drugstore and take it home with you and take it every day and watch the trends. Or you can go into the the drugstore and sit down, sit down for five minutes, but rest for five minutes before you take that blood pressure. So the third thing that you can do is, and I'm on about this all the time, and I do it all the time. I live this every single day. In fact, these days I am swimming, I am biking, I am hiking, okay? I haven't started playing tennis yet, but I will soon. But uh, every single day I do that. Because physical activity has so many benefits, including stroke prevention. And all of this benefits your brain health. You are sharper. You are happier. You have more energy. You are more productive. Honestly, if I don't exercise, I'm, I can feel myself within a day or two like, oh, what do I need? Ah, I need exercise. Um, you know, you feel great. You're outdoors with the elements. It is fantastic. You don't need to run marathons. I certainly don't run marathons. I basically will run a 10K here and there. But um, but that's about all. I certainly don't train to do it, but I just make sure that I get that 30 minutes to an hour of exercise in every single day. And this will go such a long way in keeping your brain young, keeping you active, keeping you happy, keeping you agile, keeping you able to move like you're bouncing on a trampoline back to the bedroom, okay? It's going to actually make your sex life so much better if you follow these three recommendations, cognitive training, managing your blood pressure, and exercise. And so this is some research out of the Alzheimer's Association, Dr. Alan Leshner um, from the American Association for the Advancement of Science. So these are important. We look at these clinical trials. If you look at the happy, healthy people out there, and it's not to say that, I mean, certainly people have genetic predispositions to certain conditions, but, you know, those people who are exercising, who are engaging in life, they are productive, they are successful, you know, so many successful people that I know are up every morning. They are hitting the gym at 5.30. They're doing spin classes and step classes, and then they're biking, and, and they're playing tennis, and they're out on the water in kayaks and rowing. So, you know what? We have a beautiful area here in Vancouver. There's so much in which to engage, and may I suggest you be mindful, so slow it down, live in the moment, Make sure you know your blood pressure and get out there and pound the pavement, my friends, to a better sex life. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath here hosting this program for you. Thank you all for being here with me on this uh every day is a lovely day, and uh, today is no different. Um, 
I wanted to read a few of the emails that you send me, and I love getting your emails. I, I learn from you. I learn what your issues are. I learn what you're concerned about. I learn what you're, you might be embarrassed about. I learn what you've done in order to deal with some of your issues. Um, so those are such a gift to me, and I love having them. So don't ever feel badly about emailing me. You can go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca. You can also email me at sextalk at cknw.com. There is no question that I have not heard, pretty much, unless you tell me, oh, you haven't talked about this one yet. But you know what? Nothing shocks me. Nothing surprises me. I think it's all healthy to talk about. I think it's even healthier to do it, to engage in it. That's even better. Uh, so hopefully you are getting a little bit out of this program and it's making your sex life uh, that much more satisfying. And I actually love those emails too. And occasionally patients will return to my office after I've helped them with their sex life. They may have been off of sex for a decade or more. And then they come in bearing gifts, which I'm, I'm not allowed to take as a nurse, as a professional. So I'm not suggesting you send me any gifts. But, uh, you know, they come in with their thank you cards and their, their gratitude. And, it, and it's so nice to know that you've helped somebody because as a nurse, that's kind of the... You know, that's the tenet of, of nursing where we want to care for others and, and help others to advance and to progress and to live the best quality of life and to live the healthiest life. And, you know, according to a, a recent, I believe it was an Ipsos read uh, poll, nurses are the most trusted professional out there, even on top of doctors and scientists <laughs> who are number two and three. Um, we've got some politicians and lawyers down at the bottom, but uh, that's okay. Uh, they can work their way up, you know. There's nowhere to go when you're on the bottom, <laughs> except up. So up is a good thing, especially in the world of sex and sexuality. Uh, many of you write to me about your issues with uh, getting it up. Uh, and that's a problem, you know. And, and honestly, it's a problem for your partner as well. You know, it's important that you treat your erectile dysfunction issues for a number of reasons. Your own health, number one. And also to have more satisfying sex. And it's more attractive. It's sexier when you have a great erection, okay? And your partner is far more inclined to engage in a lot more of those uh, activities that you like and typically only receive on your birthday, perhaps. But if you have a great erection and that shows that you are healthy and sexy and it's fantastic... So that's why it's so important. Don't ever be ashamed or embarrassed about your erectile dysfunction. Okay, so that's something else. It's definitely related to sex, better sex and health, better health. So you go for it. I wanted to read a couple of emails. So uh, my first one here is, Dear Maureen, I am a 35-year-old Brazilian living in Ottawa, married to a beautiful 28-year-old Brazilian. We're in a sexless marriage and I feel trapped. I'm wondering if you can help me. I see you do Skype sessions and I'd like to get more information about it. My English is good enough that we can talk about everything. My wife, I don't really know. She is way too shy around me. I don't know if it's required that we both participate on this. I would love for both of us to, but it will probably just be me. Thank you, Geraldo. Thanks, Geraldo, for your email. You know, there's so much in this email. This is a young couple. He's 35 years old. She's 28 years old. They obviously are living outside of their home country, so they may or may not, I don't like to speculate too much, but they may or may not have family. I don't know if they have children. But early on in the marriage, they are in a sexless marriage, and this guy is feeling trapped. 
also he is in a long-term intimate relationship and commitment with a woman who is too shy to talk about sex. So first I want to address his first question. Is it required that they both participate on this? Whenever you're getting help, you have an issue as a couple and you're getting help, it is incumbent upon both of you to address this issue. Both of you need to turn up. Both of you need to participate. Yes, a lot of people are shy. The last person on the planet you should be shy about talking about sex with is your most intimate partner, and in this case, her husband. Uh, Practice makes perfect. You get better and better the more you talk about it. Or, you know, there's certain language that I give to people to be able to talk about it. This is a very common issue. I have men of all ages who will say in their in their appointment with me or on a Skype consult that, um, you know, they can't even use the word sex. They can't even describe what their the problem is because they're so uncomfortable talking about it. Oftentimes I'll get calls on the show and the person will take up the entire time until we have to go to commercial just trying to get to leading up to what they want to say and they can't even get out of their mouths what it is that they want to say and what the problems are with their sexual relationship. So it's it's incumbent upon you. I definitely recommend that both of you attend uh, a session. After that, I often speak and, and many counselors, nurses, doctors, therapists also may may speak meet with the couple together and then may meet individually after that. Because yes, there are times there are things you don't want to say in front of your partner. You might be afraid to say it. You might feel like you're going to hurt their feelings. You might be embarrassed. And so you can tell somebody else and, and often some, sometimes some of that, that fear, that shame dissipates. And so it's easier then to get back together and to talk about it, or you can guide the people, the couple to talk about it together. So this um, man, this gentleman sounds like he is in a difficult place. He's feeling trapped at 35 years old. He's in a sexless marriage with a beautiful Brazilian woman. And he loves this woman. Um, He, uh, you know, he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know where to go. So the first thing I would suggest is that they do seek counseling, that he speak to her and talk about their issues, maybe very gently, very briefly, but suggesting that they get help. Remember, therapy is a gift you give to yourself. There's no greater gift. We don't come with instruction manuals. Nobody says when you walk down the aisle, unless I'm chasing you down the aisle saying, wait a minute, let me warn you what this whole thing is about. Um, You know, you're not going to get the instruction manual that you should get. We have this whole idea at weddings that it's, oh, it's just so wonderful and love and romance forever. And there's never going to be any problems. Well, you know, problems are a given. It's how you deal with problems. And they can be around finances and sex and children and in-laws and mortgages and boats and purchases and, and exercise and physical health and medical conditions. I mean, it's endless. The issues that, that can arise in a relationship and you need to be prepared because it's love flies out the window rather quickly. Uh, you may look at your partner and think, you know, I, I didn't intend to marry somebody who had low sexual desire or no interest in sex or viewed sex as a chore. And so these are the things like 
you need to know before you marry uh, somebody. I, I do know of a young couple and uh, their parents were actually going out and leaving the young couple who were getting married in a few months. And they said, oh, we're leaving. Don't be getting up to anything. And the son revealed, he said, getting up to anything. You know, she doesn't like sex. And the, and the parents actually said to that young man who was like 24 years old, way too young to be getting married. But anyway, that's another story. Um uh, said, you know, it was a red flag. And they said, if she doesn't like sex now at this age, this is going to be a problem in your marriage. And so they actually talked to him and, and he felt like he had to marry this uh, particular woman. Uh, but he ended up not marrying this woman because he was educated and he was able to talk about uh, this problem that they'd already had in their relationship. So that's a red flag. I hear so many patients will come in and t- say to me that, well, my wife never really liked sex at the beginning. You know, she was Catholic. She was Italian. She was Irish. She was German. She was whatever. And apparently nobody likes sex and that's what they blame it on. Um, so they had issues with vulnerability early on in the relationship. That is a bit of a red flag. It's not really going to get much better. Let me tell you, just because you slapped the band on the finger and, uh, uh, dance a few times around the dance floor. Um, yeah, so you got to think about that and you have to know what you want beforehand, but definitely participate together in any therapy and uh, and go from there. But it's a start. Recognize your problems. Know that there is help out there. It can get better and there's nothing like a great sex life in a marriage. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.